Hello, everyone. My name is Karen England, and this is the Herbs Make the Difference podcast. I'm here with Mary Drolly, and uh, this is actually our third conversation on one subject, the herbal uh, rose, and roses as herbs. Um, Mary is a permaculturist. She is a chef, and we've actually kind of talked about the permaculture in episode one, or part one of this episode, and then um, we talked about the chef aspect of her background in the second part, and now we're going to talk, she's a labyrinth builder, as well as an armchair herbalist, but we're to kind of go in the direction of the labyrinth of her um, her resume. So, Mary, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I've been walking in um, I've been walking labyrinths since I was probably twenty five. You know, last summer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were closer in age. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Recently, like within the last five or six years, I actually started to design and build them for, with people. As a matter of fact, I spent my 61st birthday painting a labyrinth on a canvas so that I can take it from place to place. My shining moment or my best labyrinth design yet is the one over at the uh, First Congressional Church of Escondido. And it's actually a spiral. Do you mean congregational? Congregational. Did yes. I say I apologize. That's okay. Um is it is it something people in Escondido can visit? Oh heavens, yes. Okay, then 18, we want to say the yes, right name. Exactly, okay. and it's it's one of those I didn't write that down, and I should. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> yes, it's eighteen hundred. I think it's eighteen hundred North Broadway, but we'll put that in the show notes. In the show notes, and we'll also double check that. Yeah, we'll double check, make sure it's yeah. the right one. But it's open seven twenty four, and and there's no. Um, there's like no gate around it, no fence. You just drive into the church property and um, you can start walking it. This particular labyrinth, they wanted it done on a spiral. Usually I try to do a more traditional uh, Schartz labyrinth, and I'm not sure if we need to talk about that or not. There's Labyrinths have been around for 5,000 years. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows really when they started. They predate any church. And people would go out to walk a labyrinth if they had a problem or they needed to find um, a solution in their life. So they would set that intention. And as they started to walk on the labyrinth, um, that intention would go back and forth in their mind. Every time you turn, make a turn in the labyrinth, the intention or your thought goes from one side of your brain to the other side of your brain. And what you do is you set aside everything in your life, thinking about that one intention. And then when you get to the center, it's um, you. You're, <clears throat> it is a hope that you are calm enough to hear exactly what the universe creator, however you want to describe God, has to say to you about that intention. As you walk out of the labyrinth, you figure out how you're going to work that into your life. So it's actually a wonderful meditative prayer walk. Mm. And I've been doing it for years and years and years. So this particular church, they wanted to do a spiral. A spiral for me is kind of, it just kind of gets you on that circular path and you just keep going round and round and round and there's no turning in it. So I have hard, kind of a hard time with that concept, but I did as they asked. Now, the reason we're talking about it in this particular episode is because they wanted to be able to plant roses in it. 
Okay. So they have actually started planting it. It's not all finished yet because what they're doing is letting the members of the congregation buy a rose and put it into the and put it into the planter that that delineates the path. So it's actually quite beautiful and I think I've sent you some pictures and if not I can send them again. And so that's a really nice place to walk, a labyrinth. And originally what I had wanted to do <clears throat> was do miniature labyrinth, miniature roses and herbs that go with it, sort of like the guild that we talked about at the Earlier. start of this. Sure. <clears throat> but you would want to do it miniature because you don't want that great big huge mm-hmm. path to try and walk through because it's going to make a huge labyrinth if you do that. So, but why would you want to choose roses in your in your labyrinth? That's the question that was asked of me. And it's like, I want to choose them because that wonderful, beautiful fragrance, being able to touch those beautiful, either even if it's just the leaf, the leaf has such a wonderful texture to it. It really does touch all five senses. <clears throat> because if you listen as the wind goes through them, they sound beautiful, or better yet, they attract so many wonderful bugs and birds that it's wonderful having that nature music around you. And the taste of a rose, as we discussed earlier, is just phenomenal. So every now and again, you know, if it's roses you know that are good and grown well, you can taste it while you're walking. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of the herbs as well. So that's why roses are so are used so much in churches to help bring that bring about that sense of serenity and help elevate your elevate your mind and your soul past the mundane world around you. Mm-hmm. So the um only labyrinth I've ever walked I unfortunately was a guide for at the Lavender Fields and Valley Center. And I was a docent for them. I was there cooking with lavender a teacher, and every now and then, um, the people involved in the actual growing of the labyrinth and the planting of it uh, couldn't give the tour, so I had to. So I never walked one on the first time I ever gave a labyrinth tour. It was very unfortunate for the people that took the tour because I have no idea of what's happening. But it was for me still a meaningful experience because it was completely planted with lavender. It was beautiful to look at. It was fragrant, beyond fragrant to walk because it was a thin path. And so you were releasing the essential oils of those, of that lavender. But I hadn't really thought it through. And I thought all, I thought all labyrinths were lavender until much later because that was the only one I'd ever... Um, experience. Yeah, and I loved Ellen's Labyrinth. It was yeah, beautiful. It was beautiful. I still have, uh, she gave me, she distilled the Labyrinth Lavender separate from all the lavender on the farm, and I was a lucky recipient of a bottle of that that I still have. It's a memento that I treasure, and I'm I'm tearing up because that was such a meaningful time in my life and such meaningful friends to me and mentor to me. And I smell that. She planted it in Munstead, which is the variety of lavender that she planted. And she had her reasons um, because she was looking for a certain size and Munstead fit that size. And it also was very useful deal. But now... 
if I smell Munstead specific, I'm transported to the labyrinth, to the lavender fields, to Ellen and Paul, and it's just, it's an incredible um, experience for me, and it's a treasured memory. So when I found out that labyrinths don't have to be plants. Uh They can be anything. They could be a tile floor in a, inside a building yep. where the tile is different for the labyrinth part from the non-labyrinth part. It can be um, painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was all very <laughs> news to me. So I, if other people are like me and they don't know, are there labyrinths all over the world? All around the world, and it's very easy to find them. Because is there like a labyrinth app where you can... There's a website, (laughs) www.labyrinthlocator.com. And all you have to do is put in the zip code or the town and the state type thing, and you can go 10 miles, 25 miles, 100 miles. I've done it for people who say, there isn't one near me. I'm like, one moment, please, (laughs) and I'll find one. I actually did that for one of my coworkers last week. So you are a builder of labyrinths. Mm -hmm. Garden and non-garden. Are you in a group that builds or are you a part of a, a, I want to use the guild word from the plant guild, but a guild of labyrinth people? Is there a a, a consortium? <laughs> There's actually uh, quite a few um, labyrinth maker, maker forums out there that, you, that I belong to, a few of them on Facebook. Okay. I actually have my own labyrinth um, group of people. Oh, we've been on hiatus because of what's been going on in our society in the last two years. And yeah. I am um, on the second Sunday of the month going to go back to hostessing um, labyrinth walks around the county. Oh, this is exciting. This will definitely be in the show notes. <laughs> so and the, the county we're talking about is San Diego, for those of you that are, are not in this area. But that Labyrinth Finder website you put in your zip code, you can find labyrinths in your area, and you can find her labyrinth uh, page on Facebook, and that'll all be in the, the show notes. Um, your rose, back to the roses, are you going to be doing more rose labyrinths now that you've done this? Um, actually, I will be developing a... Uh Five Circuit Labyrinth over at Vista Academy for the Performing Arts, and it will be done in what we call urbanite. Will actually be what the path consists of, and then it will be miniature roses and smaller um, herbs that will be the delineator for the path. Urbanite is when you take concrete from somebody else's job that they broke it up and they were going to throw it away, and you actually use it like a tile. And the great thing about that is you can plant like creeping thyme in between so that it grows beautifully. And, and it's a, a living, I, I prefer living labyrinths more than I do um, like rock on, but, but the one we have here I love too. Um, I like a living labyrinth, meaning, meaning made out of plants. Mm-hmm. But I also appreciate the ones that are made out of just materials that go down. Okay. This is, this is fantastic. That, this whole idea of roses giving us a spiritual aspect to our life or a um, a beyond health is nutrition health but the aromatherapeutic aspect of roses there's this eth- 
ethereal part of roses that we're talking about, and it's more the crafting. So the definition of an herb is a useful plant, useful for cooking, for crafting or decoration or medicine. And right now, the subject of roses is really in that crafting and decoration category. But um, I'm smelling a rose is healing in so many ways to a fevered mind and a, you know a racing brain and everything like that getting a rose as a gift um visually there's uh there's that intangible elevation to even a florist rose and when i say even a florist rose you can't eat florist roses because um they have chemicals in them in fact if you've been given roses in the last 15 years as a gift on Valentine's Day, let's say, or whatever, from a florist shop, and you've had them in your house, have you smelled a chemical smell? Um, and I'm, I'm asking the universe this because you, you have. You haven't smelled roses. They've bred that out because they want a straight stalk, a long straight stalk that can support a large head that's heavy and the head being the actual rose itself so that that's what they've concentrated on and not on fragrance but then to produce that they have put chemicals into the plant and those chemicals can be smelled from a florist rose um and so i see people who get roses on tv like hallmark channel if anybody watches the hallmark channel they this rose bouquet comes and the person puts her head in it and you know for a fact that there's no, no rose smell at all. Um, so that's unfortunate. But if somebody gives you a homegrown bunch of roses, oh my gosh, the difference is incredible. Yeah, at the farmer's market, I even have to be careful. When I ask, you know, when I go to use it in the dishes, I have to make sure it doesn't have any pesticides in it. And there's only one vendor I can get them from like that. Wow. And when they see me coming and they know that they've got roses, they're like, oh, here she comes. She's <laughs> going to start talking about how great roses are to eat. <laughs> but they actually put them together with a bunch of herbs. It's meant to be culinary. Mm -hmm. But it's just that I get so ecstatic about it. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, but the, let's... Besides labyrinth walking mm -hmm. and rose labyrinth walking, what other in this class things are there? Well, actually, um, there's a tradition that goes back with the Carmelite nuns. You may have heard of them. Um, and actually, they make they take the dried roses and they make it into a wonderful little paste and hand roll the beads and then make the beads use the beads to make the rosaries. And rosary is named rosary from the roses. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. So as you're rubbing this pasty bead, I bet there's just this little fragrance that comes. Instead of betting, I'm going to let her hold my rose rosary. Oh. oh, this is so beautiful. It is a deep, deep red the color of these beads. And you can actually, even though it's in a little plastic bag, you can smell it through the plastic bag. Wow. And they're all a little different. They're not, I mean, they're they're very similar. The beads are the, they're, they're smaller than a pea. 
Oh my gosh. Wow. This is incredible. It's so beautiful. Now, I've never been Catholic, but I played one on TV. No. Um, I ha- my mother-in-law, my in-laws were Catholic, and my father-in-law, when he was in the military, was overseas, and he gave me rosary beads from a some sort of Catholic icon in France, and um, but they were little um, cedar wood beads or sandalwood. I'm not sure, but. This is amazing. And then my mother-in-law gave me paperwork to tell me what to do because now I had rosary beads and what to, what to do with them. But this is incredible. Everyone, look up on Google, on the Google, look up Carmelite nuns and rosary, actual rose petal beads. And so you can see and maybe even get some for yourself. Maybe you'll become Catholic. Oh, you don't have to be Catholic to pray the rosary. Well, I know, but <laughs> but who knows? Maybe maybe there's somebody will just want everything that... It, speaking of Catholics, and I already said I'm not Catholic, but there's this thing called Mary's Gardens. Mm-hmm. Mary's Gardens are planted all over the world, mostly at basilicas is where I visited them. And the difference between a cathedral and a basilica is, I forget. That's where the Pope is going to celebrate Mass when they come to that town. That's it. The Basilica for us here in San Diego County is actually Mission, uh, is not Mission San Diego, but it's the one in Old Town. Okay. So I have been to several basilicas, one in the in the U.S. and one overseas, and both of them had Mary's Gardens planted, and they are herbs. It's a garden planted of herbs named for the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. So Rosemary is um, the... the an herb honoring Mary. There's Our Lady's Bed Straw. There's all of these different herbs that have names where the lady involved is Mary. And so these gardens are beautiful to look at and meaningful. Mm-hmm. And they're not like a labyrinth, but they are in a way a prayer garden um, with uh, uh, these specific plants. And I love I love them. And roses are usually included because there's got to be roses that have been named for the Virgin Mary. But anyway, (laughs) Um, tell me about like um, rose petals in your bath or things where you're not eating them. So when I've had a long, hard day, like when I been at the farmer's market all day long, mm-hmm. I come home and take a rose petal bath. And what that means, I have a soap that's very high quality soap because I got it from my my uh, my manager who has a soap um, uh, stand at the, at the market. And I will literally wash up and just kind of get rid of all that fatigue, especially my feet because I'll, I'll do a whole lot of special things to keep my feet healthy. And one of them is to use rose soap in a certain way on a really super strong um, scrub pad and just scrub them so that I can get all that energy enlivened in my feet again. Mm. And then when I get out of that, I, I pat down and I put a high-quality rose uh, lotion all over mm. to help my body go, okay, that was a big day. <laughs> Time to relax. So I 
I put roses in a bath once and I didn't realize that I needed to put a garbage disposal on the train. <laughs> I mean, it just was like, my husband said, are you going to do that again? I said, I've got to figure out a way to keep the roses on the stem. <laughs> well, what you do in that in, in that case is actually just use a linen bag. Yeah. And put the, it's sort of like what we do with the ferrets. You put the oatmeal in the linen bag yeah. and put the bag in the water. Yeah. Same thing with the rose petals. Yeah. Save the rose petals floating in the water for TV. Yeah. Where they're not really Hallmark up, again. Where they're not hooked up to the drain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was that was that was pretty 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 funny. Um, roses are uh, just so refreshing and calming. Re- you think of the word refreshing as something that's invigorating, but in this case, it's a calming refreshment. But my tried and true, um, do, uh, we are in the. At, Right now in San Diego in October, we are having a heat wave, and it was 98 degrees today, and um, it's just sweltering. And I keep constantly um, in my refrigerator a bottle of pure organic rose hydrosol, and I take it right out of the fridge. I keep the fridge open, and I spritz myself. I'm going to do it right now. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is how I I handle Santa Ana's. This is how I handle it smells good. It's it cools me off. It's it's great. So, um I if I had more than one refrigerator, I would have one in on each refrigerator. Mary's going to to refresh now. Oh, that's wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? I happen to use um, Rancho Shiraz Organic Farm. I'll put it in the show notes. I get it locally. I think Rancho Shiraz is somewhere in San Diego County. Might be in Riverside County nearby. But uh, this is what I buy. But I'm hopeful that soon I will be making my own uh, rose water. I've gotten a still and I'm making my own uh, uh, distillates, and I want to do my roses. That the sentimental rose. I'm hoping to have a distillate of and, just it. And you said you weren't a chemist. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I don't even have a formal still yet. Oh well. And I am a chemist. Okay, so well, I'm. A, yeah, I I really want to be. <laughs> I'm the definition of want to be. Roses are so good for us. They're good for. Our environment, they are good for our health, they're good for our soul, they're good for our psyche, they're good for our decoration. You can't see the room because this isn't a video cast of any kind, but there are rose pictures, artwork from um, artists and all lining the walls. I'm wearing a, a... vintage Ralph Lauren shirt that I inherited from my mom that has roses all over it. We drank this elixir of a shrub that Mary made for us from vintage teacups decorated in roses. I mean, we just, roses are, are so much for us beyond just a food or a plant. So 
to wrap up, and we've only scratched the surface of the rose, but to wrap up, Mary, what would you like to tell the folks that will get them to grow some roses organically? Oh, it's so easy, and you don't really need to have a whole lot, just a little, even a really super good container. You can grow roses in containers. So even if you have a balcony, you know, you can always get some miniature roses in a container. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a good start. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's that's exactly right. Don't be afraid. This has been fabulous. This has been way too much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to do this again. Uh, not right after this one like we did with the other two, but we will be doing this again. And uh, I just want to mention that the herb of the year this year is Viola. And I have the 2022 Herb of the Year book on my website. Next year it's Ginger. And I'm about to turn in my... my um, contribution to that book and that will be for for sale as soon as it's published in the new year but uh, and the rose book from 2012 I do have copies for sale and so head to my website edgehillherbfarm.blog and all of the information that we have given that you might want to have will be in the show notes from each segment of this episode. All right, Mary, we're going to sign off. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me. Thank you. This has been Karen England and Mary Jarley. Herbs make the difference. Have a great, great week.